Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you've recently discovered this podcast, stick around and listen, become a regular, find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. Joining me in the studio today is my friend, my day drinking buddy, the man who let the dogs out and inspired the song, Dude Looks Like a Lady, my friend, my Mohawk brother, Paul Ramey. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Konnichiwa. It's like a... Uh... Dude looks like a lady if we're talking about Sinead O'Connor, I guess. So. Yeah, well, you had long hair once before. Yes, I did. It was very long. It's luxurious. Yeah. So, I like the lighting in here today. I don't know. It is. It's, 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 it's uh, soothing. It is. Yeah, well, I can. we can control that lighting, too, if I... Why would we control it? It's soothing. Why do you want to... It's like if something's good, now you want to fuck with it. Fuck yeah, it I, I do. I mean, we can go down. Look at technology. Technology is just yeah, now fantastic. It's, now it's rapey. Yeah, it's creepy, isn't it? No, rapey. Not creepy. <laughs> Your headphones working? My headphones are working. I'm not listening. See, it was perfect. Now it's all fucked up. What are we talking about today? What's we are we are talking about all kinds of different things. We are having a Guinness, a proper Guinness. Yeah, uh, thrilling. This is. <laughs> I'm not sure if we've had any on the show. I, honestly, I think I think we had like uh, I, we had out of the bottle one time. I yeah, think. we had the extra stout. This is the draft. Oh, this is going to be terrible. AKA drought for a lot of people around here. They. They like to look at it and go, oh, you mean the drought? No, not drought, draft. It's called draft. Southern yeah. high. Yeah, it's got the little <coughs> little widget, yeah. you know. Uh, I get the 16-ounce pint cans, and then I pour them into the tool. Yeah, glasses. we had a long discussion about the widget one time. Yeah, yeah. Do they have? They don't have those in the bottles? Or they do? The draft bottles do, but the, okay. the extra stout bottles do not. They're carbonated versus, versus nitrogenated. Uh, this is my mac and cheese of beer. This is my go-to beer when I just oh, it's sit Bud Light back and it, it it's no, <laughs> I can't say it's no, uh, but this is my go-to of every it's the day. Banquet beer, yeah, 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 yeah. Banquet. <laughs> this is the beer if you're going to just drink beer. Yeah, it's good for you too. It's got vitamin B in it. Uh, it's only got about as many calories <laughs> as a as a glass of uh, orange juice. Where, so, where they make us at? Uh, Dublin. Dublin, For, they really make this in Dublin? They import this over here? Yes. Do you believe that? I do. Well, there's a brewery in the United States, too, but they make other other versions okay. of the Guinness brand. So is this expensive since this comes from by plane or boat? I don't know. I never look at the price. You can't put a price on Guinness. Jeez. Are we going <laughs> to drink this or what? We are. Go ahead. I want to see what you think about it before, because uh, I know what I think about how it. How I know? It's, it's a perfect pour. Just drink right through the head. I Just go right through it. it. That's what she said. <laughs> We do have a pretty good show planned for the day, as as Paul's thinking about the drink. And this is this is the uh, for for everybody listening. This is the uh, New Year's Eve episode that you know everybody says, "Oh, don't do episodes during the holidays and stuff." Nobody's going to listen. But you know, I figured this is you got time. You got a couple hours before you go out and do your thing. So this is kind of like pre gaming, right? Well, yeah, people got to do something before eight o'clock, and yeah, plus we're exactly. only allowed out till ten. So you gotta finish oh, really? it when you get back. Is that true? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Okay. Well, we're staying. Lisa and I usually stay home anyway. So. All right. It's fucking terrible. I figured you'd think so. You really don't like it. All right. Mm. So, anyway, on the show, it has no redeeming quality other than the head and the color. <laughs> Tastes like watered down motor oil. <laughs> we got a little ahead of ourselves. We the, today's a pretty laid back show, folks. Is it? it is. It's a it's a pretty laid back show for the for the day, and, and I'm pretty happy about it. It's uh, I address a few thoughts from the past episodes. Um, and also the main topic of the day is tools we cannot live without 
tools we cannot live without. And I'm not talking about your buddy down the street who everybody calls a tool. I'm talking about, you know, of course, everybody has to have a Chad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense to any, anybody named Chad because, you know, Todd. Todd's another tool name. Tim. Tim the tool man, Taylor. Okay, I'm, well, I'm getting we just turn off all the yeah, Tims of the world. All seven people who listen are gone. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's seriously, but for creatives, you know, tools we cannot live without. So let's get started. The, the, the first, the first part of this, let's, let's look back at some of the episodes. We already talked a little bit about the beer. I I don't, I don't think we've had this out of the can in any of the episodes this year anyway. Um, but I, I've got a lot of thoughts on episode 49. 49 was our reason for being episode, the icky guy episode. I actually Kind of like that episode mm-hmm. the most. Um, Icky Woods' brother, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I- Icky Girl is his sister. <laughs> God, this has gone so far south. Like I said, it's a laid back show. I haven't had anything to drink yet either. This is why and you I'm paying on, me the big money for this. Yeah, and I'm on two hours of sleep as usual because, you know. I didn't get much sleep last night either. I couldn't get comfortable. Really? Your reason for being is off? I don't know. I set the house <laughs> on fire too. So that was kind of, and set oh, my studio on fire. Jesus so that was kind of interesting. Christ, why did you do that? I was using a flamethrower to uh, de-ice the sidewalk. No kidding. Oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I was just reading on Twitter about people doing that and they're yeah, burning houses down. It's really great. It's a great tool. <laughs> um, it doesn't turn to ice? You have to burn it completely. It'll dry the pavement yeah. totally. But oh. if you don't do that, it just makes a nice slick piece of ice. But when I was doing that, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I noticed there were some leaves that was left over from fall that was in my near the house and yeah. near the van. I thought, well, I'll just burn these out. And I burnt those out. And then there was some in my window well, which is to my basement studio. And then I went downstairs and noticed that my my uh, basement was full of smoke. And I thought, well, this is not going well. Uh, so, uh, but then I noticed that my water tank was busted, which is good because I flooded my studio once because of a bad water tank. So, I mean, that good. was actually a, a uh, what do you call that? A um, epiphany? Uh, no, a gift in disguise. So then I went out and I threw <laughs> snow. I, I turned the water off, and then I went out and tried to pour water on the fire that I had started, but I had to turn the water off. Mm. I had kind of a day yesterday. I, it sounds like it. But I got all, it was all good. Nothing burnt. And you're anything. here. Just smoke, yeah. But then when I was in a bed and about to go to sleep, I could smell something burning. Right. Thought, you're thinking, oh, thought, well, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just see yeah. what happens. And then I went to sleep. I didn't even investigate it. So. Oh, wow. That's too bad. But no, that was good, you know. Flamethrowers are great for removing snow. I used to use those on the railroad. <laughs> well, those aren't quite the tools that I'm talking about. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll get to the tool part later. But, uh, you know, I, I had a few discussions with some fellow creatives about this icky guy thing. Yeah. And there's a few things in there that really kind of bothered me. And, and I I kept thinking, you know, the, the whole point of, you know, doing what you love and all those things and, you know, what you can get paid to do and all that I think for creatives, that particular diagram can almost not work. Do you know why? Why? Why, Mike? Well, not all the work we do is needed by the world. It's a luxury. Would you agree? No, we talked about this when we were doing the thing. It's not all the work that we do, that we're doing, it's not needed. I don't know. I think it's needed. It's... what is life without without creativity and art and things to do? I mean, it's well, like I, I you can survive. I, I agree with that sentiment, and that's that's why I really had a little trouble thinking about going back on this again. But it, it came to my attention that, you know, 
maybe this is why artists struggle so much financially because the need part of it is so difficult. You know, if you're creating artwork, like in my case, if I, if I paint a $5,000 painting, that's not a necessity. Right. You know, it's not putting a roof on your house or keeping your plumbing clean or making sure your water tank in the basement is, is good. You know, there's, there's other needs there. Yeah. It's, there's not, there's not definitive quantifiers when it comes to this stuff. Right. There's so, just not. So I just, I kind of wanted to throw that out. Not there. like and, medicine yeah. or, or food or. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't want to, I don't want to beat this as a dead horse either because I think anybody listening can go back and listen to 49. If you've not heard that one yet, it's uh, your reason for being is the title. It's basically based on icky guy and, there's some books on it and there's some videos on it and, and things. If you want, really want to dig deep, I really think it's good for creatives to do that one. So, um, I also find that social media is a bit of a curse and a blessing for me in terms of uh, where we've been through this year. We've talked a lot about different things here and there. And, um, you know, what do, what do you think about, I mean, are you distracted? This is my biggest thing. I'm distracted by social media. It, it keeps me from creating sometimes. I consume before I create. I don't know if it, I mean, it. I waste my time with it, but I don't think it's stopping me from doing anything creative. I think that if I wasn't looking at that, I'd be doing something else that was not creative, probably to kill the time at that moment. But when I'm ready to go, I don't think it, I don't think it bothers me. That's good. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere with that, really, but you kind of killed it. <laughs> no, I just don't think so. <clears throat> I think it can, but I spend, I spend, I, I don't know. I should look at and see what my, what my numbers are. But I don't spend the hours that I spend on it are qu quick. Yeah, things. Yeah. You know, I'm on it a lot quickly. Yeah. I'm not really on it a lot for, you know. Oh, wow. I'm 25 a, minutes, a half hour going yeah. through, you know, I go and I scroll through, see if I see anybody doing any, anything interesting or see if anybody has responded to something that I've posted. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, I don't seek out a lot of stuff on there. Now, Wikipedia, on the other hand, or if I'm Googling something or I waste a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out, uh, um, you know, what, what all the Mandalorian weaponry is or, you know, something like <laughs> right. that. I do waste a lot of time doing that. And I think today is a distraction. It keeps me from creating, but at the same time, I'm in a subtle way, I'm expanding my creative base and I'm getting into these worlds or I'm looking up, looking up dumb facts or yeah. whatever. So yeah. I, I definitely don't feed any trolls. I've, that's something I've learned years ago is I don't, don't feed the trolls. You know, they're just, they're idiots on the internet. They don't, they, they don't have anything better to do than what they're doing. But I like to, I, I have troll behavior sometimes, but I consider myself an internet goblin more so than a troll. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see you like that. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Well, we've had some pretty good people on the show this year. We have. Uh, Javier Mercedes. Oh, that was, was, on, that was uh, good. Uh, last episode, uh, illustrator Joby Dore was fun. Uh, my friend Lee McGuire, the, uh, the Twitch artist from Scotland. Um, a whole bunch of people, really. Severson. Uh, Tim, Severson. Tim, yeah, Ian Severson, e. yeah, and Tim, uh, Timmy, yep. yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. Uh, can you think of any? Oh, uh, uh, Gunner, Gunner Barnes, he was on the show too. 
um, photographer from right here in town. Holsinger, that's it. Tim Holsinger. I had, oh. I was having so much trouble with Tim's last name. I don't know why, but um, it's good, odd. good stuff. I think my favorite episode, though, that really wasn't listened to much, was back in August, uh, episode forty-two. So many plays on on this episode. Forty-two. Uh, what was that? That was the educated guess oh, episode because yeah. the answer to everything is obviously forty-two. So it had to be that episode. <laughs> Such a nerd. Are you still listening with us? Are you drinking with us at home? Are you drinking with Mike? Because this Guinness is terrible. He hates Guinness. I knew he would. Why uh, Why would somebody drink something that doesn't taste good? I, I just don't understand that. That's why I've never been much of a beer guy. I like this. It's, I don't it's believe that. Really, I, do. I think you're a liar. I, I don't I'm, think you like it. I'm liar, not, liar. I, would, I would pour it on my Cheerios in the morning. I would. I have. <laughs> Can't trust your judgment. <laughs> Smooth, creamy, creamy ale. What do you think? Uh, not necessarily your favorite episode, but what do you think was the high point of last year mm. for our show? That's a tough question. The high points. Consistency, I think, is probably the high point for me. Yeah. Just the fact that we've uh, managed to do this in such a shitty year, you know. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of folks, you know, falling apart. Because they just their their plans have been foiled by this uh, this whole debacle we got going on. I hate to even talk about it in terms of a pandemic or any of those things. I just I feel like, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. But I, I just feel like this this year has been real, been crappy for creatives oh, overall. Yeah. I haven't done a gig in a year. Yeah, I haven't done that. I was I didn't have a band, and I was still able to you know, gig with people before, you know, and I was like, right. I, I got two bands and I can't gig, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, uh. it sucks, man. All right. Well, that's, that's going to move us into our next part. Move, move it. Yeah. Cause we'll, I, we'll come back to this a little bit later. Um, tools you cannot live without. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start with this. I'm getting a little tired of the subscription based software model. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of annoying. Pro Tools went to it. Yeah. Uh, they do have a free option, which I tried to download this weekend, and I was really ticked off because um, I let the system create a password for me, and then it jumped me into another screen that they said, oh, you got to create a new password. I'm like, oh, I just created a password. And they're like, well, do you want to use the old password? Well, yeah, but I don't know what it is because it's so fucking long and complicated. I didn't write it down because it's going in my keychain. I don't have to worry about it. And then I couldn't go back without doing anything, yeah. so I kept saying whatever. And then, of course, their software on their website decided I was uh, a hacker or something, so I couldn't get in. So I'm, I'm completely frozen from the ability to get on avid.com. <laughs> Anybody from avid listening, if you could help me out there, it's probably too late because I'm going with uh, Logic Pro now because of that. Um <laughs> And yes, I bought that one instead of doing the monthly. Right. But, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of tired of it. The monthly subscription thing. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people jumping off the Adobe bandwagon. And I know this is not something you're really into with all these different software things, but it's, it's, it's shitty. I, I realize I'm, I've been paying on average about $40 a year for well over five years. And since we'll say 2000, I've been buying the whole creative suite you know, of software. Mm -hmm. so I've been spending a lot of money at Adobe. I'm not getting any breaks from it. 
at all. So I, I've whittled it down into I, I, I could live without Illustrator anymore. So I don't need it. I, I use Audition quite a bit and I use Premiere quite a bit for the video. Um, I can't live without Photoshop. I got to keep Photoshop because it's just something. There is some other software out there I'm looking at, but I don't want to mention them right now. But Photoshop costs money monthly too, does it? Yeah. If, if the thing that's cool with that, the entire creative cloud, it, I want to say is close to $50 somewhere in that range now. A year? A month. Oh, that's yeah. too much money. It is. It, I mean, yeah, if you think about $600 a year for that, but you can, you can buy, if you're a Mac user, you can buy, um, Logic Pro, which is the audio version, which I think is pretty powerful. A lot of people think it's just a, a better version of GarageBand, which it, it has similarities with GarageBand. GarageBand is pretty powerful for a free right. software. Um, and then for the video, uh, Final Cut Pro 10 has finally kind of come to terms with them, some things. And you also got DaVinci Resolve. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of really getting into a lot of things here that I know you're not really <laughs> interested in at all, but... These are things that I need to do what I do, and it's just like I can buy that software for you know a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, and then have free updates for life. Right. <laughs> so, why am I spending over fifty dollars a month for something that pretty much does the same thing? It's just a different way of doing it. So that's kind of the route that I'm going in 2021. I'm going to force myself. Plus, I got a new Mac coming. And it uses the Apple silicon, so it's supposed to be better for all that. And I'm—I mean, I'm on your side with that totally. But just kind of a counterpoint, though, you think about it—you buy some of the software, and you got free updates, but eventually they—they they stop supporting certain operating systems. They stop. So then, if you got an old computer and it dies, and then you've been waiting to—you didn't want to jump to ten or whatever the hell it is now. Now you got all this software and it doesn't work. Yeah. And at least, I guess, with this subscription stuff, you know that it's always going to be up to date and it's always going to work. I mean, I ran in some of that with my... I like the old Ableton. I like the old Riffworks that I used. Yeah. And it worked great on 7. But when I finally had to upgrade my, upgrade my computer, now all this stuff didn't really work like it was intended. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I will you got say a little bit of a trade-off. That That is... And it is expensive to to develop this stuff too. I mean, yeah, we yeah, talk about yeah. this. I I think we as we as artists kind of forget all the programming and all the people and everything that goes into their art, the stuff that they're making, so we can make art. I mean, that costs money too. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure a lot of it's bloated, and you got a lot of the CEO bullshit and all mm -hmm. this stuff going on, just like you do in the record industry and some of this other right, stuff. Right. But but you got guys that. This is their nine to five, and they they're making a living on this, and they're trying to combat piracy and right. and and I mean, I remember when computers was out when they first come out, I didn't want to pay for Photoshop or none of this stuff. I mean, I didn't look at it as if somebody right. had a free copy to give you. Right. You just did it. You just didn't look at the at the dawn of this new um, frontier that we were on. You just didn't really look at it. like the same thing as sharing MP3 is same thing as making a tape off the right. radio or, or burning something for somebody. But as you you get older and you learn more about the technology and and they have to find they have to find new ways to 
make revenue. And I mean, this is the route they've, they're going. I'm, am I a fan of that? No, but I mean, I do kind of get it in some ways. And is it better to, to do that and, and make somebody have to spend that or for them just to go under and be like, we can't afford to right. keep putting this Absolutely. out. So, I mean, you, you, as at the end of the day, the consumer has to decide what they're willing to, yeah. to deal with. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, since they started doing that, have jumped, jumped ship. Other ones, it doesn't, yeah. they, they're willing to pay that. And so. you get, with the subscription model, you can always go back and get it again. If you decide, right. hey, I, okay, I, I, I fucked up. I need to go back and do this. But I will say with Apple, uh, I've never had much trouble with updates and things working me out or making something obsolete. Right. I, I've never had that. With the exception of, uh, I was a, an early adopter of Aperture, which was their I pro, their, kind of their, I'm going to call, I wouldn't call it pro. I guess, I guess it was pro. I don't know. But it was their photo. Their Photoshop better, kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, sort. yeah, but it didn't move pixels really like Photoshop does. I, I think Photoshop is more of a graphic design photo editing software. It's one of those gotcha. things you can go in, you can literally move pixels around and, and make what you want to make with it. Um, I don't I don't know. Pixelmator is something I want to look at. It, it's it's a software that's supposedly comparable to it. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Aperture really, I was an early adopter of that, that software. In fact, it was something I was really pushing hard and I got I through. I kind of remember that. Yeah, I got through Aperture 3 and uh, I liked it. What I liked about it is uh, when I was doing a lot of commercial work, I could actually tether seamlessly right into my system. And was like, man, this is nice. This, it actually works well. At that time, uh, Lightroom was, was starting to show up on the market, and it just didn't work real well for me, and I didn't like it. Uh, it was clunky, I thought. Still really don't like it. Uh, but back on something you were saying there before, I can get Photoshop for like $10 a month. And I'm willing to do that, just Photoshop. Right. You know, I think it comes with Lightroom and all that stuff, but I'm still not going to use it because I'm a Capture One. I adopted Capture One Pro as my raw editor, ingester kind of a software, you know, caller mm -hmm. <laughs> things that I use to to organize my files um, versus Lightroom. So I'm even getting further and further away from the Adobe ecosystem there. Because uh, I don't, I rarely go into Photoshop anymore to do anything to the photos. And I'm not doing photography like I was before either. But right. it's it's one of them things. Now, not everything is software and hardware either. I mean, for me, brushes, easels, canvas, all these things are you know crucial to what I do as an artist. Um, so I mean, it's I'm trying to trying to get value here for everybody listening. Do you need all the stuff you have? No, absolutely not. But you also don't need to be throwing your money out every single month on on these things that you think you might need. And and don't don't be afraid to learn new software if that's what's making you you know not want to do it. Uh, Reaper, I wanted to bring up Reaper. It's a really good um, audio. It's free. Mm -hmm. uh, Audacity is still free, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I love Audacity. Yeah, it's it's a great it's program. Great. So there's there's a lot of options out there. Uh, DaVinci Resolve, there's a free version of it. Uh, you My, can, I've seen DaVinci Code, but not DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
There's also a paid version of, of DaVinci Resolve. I'm thinking about in my workflow, I'm thinking about using Final Cut Pro as my editor and then just exporting something and maybe doing some color work in DaVinci and basically doing that, but doing all my audio and logic. So um, I don't know. I think tools are inspiring, though, and, they and are. that's the thing. They are. I think that uh, there is who who well, who was I? Uh, hell, I think it was Dave Elson was talking about. Yeah, you know, he's talking about getting an eight-string bass and writing uh, Dom Patrol on the uh, Rest in Peace uh, Megadeth. But said that uh, there are certain songs that are in certain instruments, and I've always believed that you get a there's. Anytime I get a new instrument or I'm near something, there's just there's a certain riff that just comes out of that that sounds different out of that bass or that guitar. And I mean, I'm sure it's like that when you first open up a new uh, editing software and it's got this feature that you didn't know and it, it makes this photo or this shot you've taken just, oh, okay, I didn't think of that. And same way with brushes and, and all sorts of things like that. So I think if you look at, at your tools like that, it's a great thing. You can see where is that leading me? These tools can lead me down a, a certain way that these right. other tools might not. But once you become a slave to them, then it's a it's a bad thing. It's yeah, exactly a, it's, once yeah. you're chained to it, it's you, you can't get off of it. it yeah. it's hard. You have to you have to consciously get away from that. It's not about it's not always about this certain thing that you're using this physical thing. It's about what's coming out inside from yeah. Yeah, sometimes having the challenge of not having what you need can breed creativity. That's true, too. You know. Um, I don't know how to record yet. I've been doing it for right 30 years. And, I mean, there's still there's basic things that I don't know how to do yeah. the correct and the easy way. But I've figured out new and creative ways of getting around that. So <laughs> Right. It works, right? Yeah. You know, it works for your workflow. And that's, that's kind of the, the just of what I'm getting at here with the value for everybody listening is that, you know, you don't. If if you're if you're a podcaster and you're set out your your mindset is uh, I'm good at conversation, but I don't know how to use the tools, then find something that's fairly easy, free. There's lots of free things. Reaper, like I said, is free. A um, couple microphones. Record something directly into it and just start working on it. You know, if you're a painter and and you uh, you struggle with oil paints, try acrylics. Uh, if you try, if you struggle with acrylics, try oils. You know, I'm just, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that, you know, your style, your workflow may need a different, uh, medium and, uh, musicians, same way. If, if you're, uh, a better guitar player than you are a bass player, play guitar, you know, I mean, obviously there's still the whole idea that you want to do what you want to do, right? but don't let the guitar dictate your creative flow, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, it's we could we could beat this to to death, I think, and, and not really get anywhere because there's people who just they want to disagree for a lot of this. They want to say, "Well, you got to have this, you got to have that." And uh, I I found it in the photography realm of things. Any, anytime you buy a camera and put lenses on it, there's going to be so much polarization in the in the market. Uh, people are going to tell you you got to have great autofocus. Other people say you don't need autofocus. Um, you know, for crying out loud, Roger Deakins, one of the who somebody I consider one of the greatest directors, filmmakers, 
of all time, at least in our, our era. Um, he's, he, he chooses a few lenses. He doesn't go out there and get all these zooms and, uh, wide ranges of, of lenses. He, he pretty much sticks in a, uh, a focal length that is very close to our eyes because he's trying to immerse you in a movie, mm-hmm. he's trying to tell a story from your perspective, but give it to you. What's the movie he's known for? Uh, 1917, that, that uh, oh, military yeah. movie recently came out. Uh, there's a bunch. I, I don't want to go down to the details with, with all that, but uh, just fantastic movies, yeah. really. Um, he, was a, a, he went to school to be a painter, ended up going into that direction. And that's a lot of the, a lot of the things I do here in this studio. Uh, I found that I had a passion for things I didn't know I did. You know, a musician all my life, you know, for the most part, been in recording studios, never really put the recording aspect as anything that I'd be interested in. And this, honestly, this podcast grew out of a lot of different areas, but I wanted to get better at audio for my videos. And next thing you know, I'm... <laughs> you got ankle mission control deep. in here. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'm, I really dig it. You know, uh, stepping away from audition is going to be rough for me, I think. You know, I'm trying to answer and going out and looking at all the YouTube videos I can to say, can I still do this with that? You know, <laughs> and you can. Right. I mean, the, the bottom line is a hammer's a hammer, right? Right. Yeah. They there's a couple different ways you can swing it. Yeah. And, and that, that you said something kind of reminded me of something I, I saw on Facebook this morning or last night. Uh, you were talking about the polarization of, uh, you know, people saying you don't need this lens or you need that lens or you don't need autofocus or you don't need that. It's the same way with with musicians. It's it's funny they posted a on this bass form. I'm in a, a bass player uh, bingo card. You know which one of these has been said. You know <laughs> on this post, and one of them was one of the popular ones is Jocko only needed four strings. So anytime somebody posts something with a multi scale instrument or a multi stringed you know bass. Um, There'll always be some asshat that's always like, well, you know, Jocko was able to just do all that, but just he didn't need all that. No, he did. they didn't even have that then. But, yeah. um, or it's uh, uh, somebody looks at their, you know, looks down on somebody that don't have a, a two thousand dollar quilted, you know, maple, uh, you know, body with you know, right, Paulo right. Faro yeah. fingerboard or whatever. Oh, that's not a real Les Paul, right? Right. So. <laughs> The thing is, I think it's what just struck me just now when when you were talking. It's, I think it's, uh, you know, people people that didn't that don't like autofocus, they couldn't do it with autofocus. People that that uh, that that likes autofocus, they couldn't do it without. Yeah, without it, it's the same way. You know, it's like just well, because it, it, you couldn't make music with a five string bass or a twelve string bass or an eight string guitar, that doesn't mean. That uh, Chad or uh, Todd, <laughs> Todd or you know can't make music. It means it means you couldn't do it or you didn't want to do it, right. which is fine. But well, that's one side of that coin. Get out of the way and let right, somebody right, else right. create it. And, and and because you can't doesn't mean that's why you went somewhere else either. There's a lot of not necessarily, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of haterism. There is, in that. There and, is. and it is. It's like it's like I did it this way. And or you tried it a certain way. Maybe you tried oil paintings and 
Yeah. You didn't like it. So that's fine. You don't like it. But if you're if you're actively shaming people and saying that, you know, you're not a real painter if unless you use acrylics or you're not a real bass player if you don't play a four-string bass, I think then, I think deep down inside, you know you couldn't do it. Yeah. And so therefore, nobody else should be good at doing it either. Right, right, right. And the thing with it gets our, this whole competition thing going in that that I don't like about Yeah, it's, it's an unhealthy art. competition. Right. Not 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 even positive on it at all. Uh, yeah, it's not something to push each other. It's something to try to push somebody back. It's right. a whole different ballgame. It is, it is. And and to to go back a, a step with the autofocus and manual focus, uh, right now, camera manufacturers are really honing in on really good autofocus. And for the most part, for stills, most cameras do a great job. When it comes to video, those DSLRs, struggle some some do some don't um canon has a really good system sony has a really good system we all know panasonic is not so great do we know that yeah um but as a tool for me it's not that autofocus didn't work for me or that i hate it or i couldn't get it to work it's that i didn't really need it and all the other things that were what i considered benefits and even overt benefits of a Panasonic is what really drew me to Panasonic. It wasn't the fact that it was more or less a manual focus video camera. But you're not shaming people for using it and you're not acting like that they're somehow in no, fear. But then no, that's the difference. No. I mean, I in in some regard, I think a, a, a crop sensor Sony would be fantastic for vlogging because it, it autofocus is fantastic. But I, I, I set down my camera and I focus and I'm done. You know But but nobody gives a fuck what camera you use and that's you have to only photographers do right you have to sit down <laughs> you have to sit down and decide who you're making art for exactly and i think that's a that's a question everybody that in no matter what medium you're doing or um no matter if you're pro semi-pro if if you're if it's a hobby whatever you have to decide who are you making this art for nobody gives a fuck right what what kind of bass that I use, right. what kind of recording equipment we use, what mic that we use on this fucking right. podcast. Nobody cares. Exactly. Uh, you know, If it sounds like shit, it sounds like shit. Right. If it sounds great, it's great. They want to rock. Know? They want to dance. They want to bang their head. Right. They, they want it to, they want to like it. And it's about content. And I have never looked at a single picture and thought, oh, well, that looks like that was shot on a, you know, Fiji <laughs> fucking 205, 69 pre. I don't care. That's I just think Fiji. that's a badass shot. You know? No, no look, offense to any Fiji users. I don't, I don't look at, you know, I, we've had a pretty good relationship here for years. Uh, and Fiji Sonic. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I said Fiji. I know. Like the water. I'm, I'm making one up. But listen, I don't, I can, I barely, I know the difference a little bit between like the chalky, and pencil drawings, yeah, and yeah. that's it. I don't know if you use if you use uh, watercolor or you use oil or you use acrylic. I really don't know. Right. I don't fucking care. Right. I know that it looks good and I like it. And unless you're, and I want to make music for somebody other than other musicians. Yeah. Yes. I want. Do I want you know my local bass heroes that uh, that want to notice a little cool things that I've done, think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's ego in that. And I'm sure when you make a painting, you're doing things, and you're like, 
you know that another painter will realize how difficult that is. Yeah, I, I am. I don't, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but I don't care. I just know, I just care that it looks cool. Yeah. That it, yeah. it it speaks to me, that that it inspires something, it, that, you know, I see the work in it. But I don't know. I couldn't, it, you could put a gun to my head right now and I couldn't tell you how you did any of these. Yeah. I don't care. Well, yeah, to, I just to, like it. To wrangle this back in, though, I think creatives need to find those tools that gets out of their way so that they can create 100%. the end product and potentially get rid of tools that are in their way. That way they can really focus on the tools that matter and put them to work so that they can create. Exactly. And that's that's kind of where I want to go with this. What what can you not live without? You know, what did I say that right? There's what can you not live without? Yeah, yeah I mean it's like I yeah, that, that easel over is great. I wouldn't say I can't live without it <laughs> because, uh, I, I mean, I love that easel. I really do. But I know I can paint on a table. I know I can paint on a cheap easel. You find, is it harder to paint on a flat, you know, over it yeah. than it is on the... For me, it is, yeah. I, I think the proportions are easier to see vertically. Do you plan for runs? And that's what, does that kind of like, gravity? The gravity does play a part, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, with the oil that I use and stuff, it's not when you put the final layers on, they, they stick real good. Oh, gotcha. In fact, my, my palette can be vertical too. So, I mean, I could put the globs of paint on there. But yeah, you work. could, you could use a, you could use a broomstick and, yeah. and you could make an easel. I'll tell you, I, that's a, this is an easy question and, and it's the same for all of us, no matter what, what we're doing. The only two things that we can't live without is drive and inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Those are your tools. Because your 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 brain is your biggest tool, because honestly. you're gonna you're gonna make music on a Hello Kitty guitar, if that's all you got. You yeah. will, you will make you will make something, and if yeah. all you got is a is a big ink pen, you're gonna make some. You're right, gonna make right, something. Right. There is, and if you don't have the drive to do that, and you're not inspired to do that, and and you become um, uh, content. That's the problem. Contentment seems to be the the killer the yeah. you know there's nothing yeah. wrong and we've said this a million times there's nothing wrong with being uh, um happy with what you've done and and recognizing it for what it is but once you feel it that well I've done this there's really nowhere where else do I go you're dead in the water and I mean that happens to a lot of that's why the first two albums are usually good good <laughs> for you know and, right. and as they get they get on and they get success and they're not I, hungry. I think you find that maybe in, in a lot of painters' work and yes. stuff. It's like when you're really just it's pouring out of you. But once you realize, once you realize that you're good, and you realize that you're you you can have a little bit of success, relatively, of course, you know, de depending on, on how you measure success, you can't be you can't be happy with that. And I've I've been pretty happy, and and it's hurt my music sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. I just don't have that drive, and then something bad happened and. And I'll have that drive, and I'll have that inspiration, and bam, there, there I am. That's what I can't live without. I can have all the, all the nice guitars and basses and recording mm -hmm. equipment in the world, but if I don't feel like turning none of right, it on, right, what, right. what's the point? And and none of this is is to say that once you reach a certain level, you can't go buy that nice bass, yeah. or that nice guitar, or that nice microphone. Guitars or, and equipment is awesome. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love I'm a gearhead. I think starting out. Anybody listening who's starting out, you don't 
don't let that be in don't yeah, let yeah, that don't, be in your way yeah, thing. And don't let that discourage you that well, if I don't have a three thousand dollar uh gold top right. seventy two right. less Paul, then I can't I can't rock. That's that's right. a I'm sure falsehood. Jocko, if he had his hands on an eight string bass. He might have played it. Yeah. He would have took the frets out of it and he would have had exactly. the first fretless eight yeah, it, it was it was what he wanted to do. And that's the difference between an artist and somebody who wants to play with gear and pretend. You know, you know the tool you need. Yeah. You don't reach for a crescent wrench when you need a hammer. Right. You know, just because everybody's got the crescent wrench, this is kind of a good analogy. Just because everybody likes the crescent wrench, everybody wants that crescent wrench, and all the famous people have the crescent wrench, if you're trying to put a nail in a piece of wood, you better grab the fucking hammer yep. because the crescent wrench isn't going to do you any good. No. It really isn't. Well, my, I have a crescent wrench at home that does actually have a little hammer. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. It's, it's pretty badass. It's a crescent hammer. And yeah. it's got a, it's got a uh, crowbar on it too. <laughs> I used a, a butter knife a lot as a kid as a, as a screwdriver. It makes a great flathead screwdriver. Yeah, it does. But that's but that's it too. Just like you know, bringing up Jocko again, who I'm not even. It's funny as a bass player, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. Right. But he made some. He made a hell of an impact on music, and here's a guy that didn't have the tool that he needed. We're referring to Jocko Pastorius. Yes. Yeah. yeah jazz bassist played for um, Weather Report. Played for uh, yeah. Joni Mitchell. Um, had some solo stuff, and he's got some some great stuff. But a lot of it's too out there for me. Yeah. But he had a. He was. He's kind of known for playing a fretless electric bass. And he took the frets out of a jazz bass and made a fretless bass. He didn't have the tool that he needed. Right. He made the tool that he needed right. out of what he had. He didn't wait for, for, you know, the trend to come to him. Mm-hmm. He did it. He figured it out, and he made it work. He didn't let the limitations of what was going on around him affect him. Right. He just did it. And and we're still talking about he's been he's been... I think he got killed in the 80s, I think it was. Yeah, and, I think so. And he's still revered as the greatest electric bass player <laughs> ever. And right, I mean, he, right. clearly he's, he's you know, the the most notable fretless bass player that... He's no Gordon Sumner, but he's pretty good. No, he's, yeah. <laughs> Just, I like, I like I'm a big fan of Sting. He's yeah, a hell of a bassist. Yeah, so. Me too. I need to ask you, what, of all the creative gear you have, What's the one thing that you don't think you could ever live without now, now that you've used it? Man. That's it's a tough question, isn't it? Because they all they're all part of the they're all re- part of the recipe, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how far you want to break it down. And 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 we're talking physical gear. We've already decided to drive and, like, and really and, really and, push. What's the one thing that almost is with you in everything you do? And I guess that's the the key right there. I'd I, I'd have to have a five string bass. I mean, yeah, you know, a good one. Mike, you know, if the house was burning down like it almost did yesterday, <laughs> my 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 carbon LB seventy five would have been the one I grabbed first. I mean, the twelve string has become a big part of my sound, but but a five string bass, if I could just have, if I only had one tool, and that was it. And then if you go a little farther, um, you know, uh distortion has become a big part of my sound and, and I kind of need that for certain things. Right. And, but I could get I could get by without that. Recording equipment, I mean, I like my, my programs and, and right. I really like um, Riffworks a lot and I do a lot of stuff with it and it would be hard to, to do what I do without that. 
But I guess I could go back old school and record stuff on a boombox with the, the phone <laughs> and then play the other phone next to it yeah. and do overdubs. I guess I guess I don't want to get into sacrificing, you know, and all that because you've reached a level with your musicianship that you know you you deserve the tools that you've. Yeah. A, 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 it's like a mechanic, you know. You eventually you have these obscure tools that you use on a daily basis. I need a five-string bass and acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then I can create. You can create, yeah. Because I can play about anything I, I can on the electric. I can write that on an acoustic if I have to and then transpose it later. I don't have to have an electric guitar. You didn't say yeah. I could have an amp. I mean, I could I could create and be myself with, with those two things if I had yeah. to. There's For, not like another like piece of gear that is just... I'm going to go a little more abstract tied to this to me. and say that the one tool I can't live without would be something to draw or write with. You know, just a, a pencil would mm -hmm. be fine or a pen, you know. So I guess as a traditional artist, I'm fairly lucky in that regard. I mean, you can get a notebook and a piece of paper and make something. You can find a rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think in the studio right now, I was really leaning towards my Mac. I guess the one tool that I don't, and that kind of bothers me a little bit because it, it I don't create the pieces that I create with the Mac. It's a tool to help me do things associated with making it, you know, and doing the podcast and doing stuff with and photography. And use it in all facets of the art that you're interested in. Yeah, right it's, now it's always part, I mean, it's always with me. It's always something I have. I mean, it, in some, some levels of art hell, <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I'm chained to a lot of different pieces of tool. You know, I love my iPhone. I love my Mac. I love my mix pre. I love my mixer. I like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, if I could pick up this room and take it anywhere in the world, I'd be fine. Right. Literally. The one tool I couldn't live without would be something to make a mark with, I guess. It's probably the best way to reduce it down to the essence of what it is I do. I just have to be able to make a mark. It's pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. Kind of profound, really. A stick and some sand would do it. That's a that's a kind of a cut, tough. I think it's an ambiguous question because it's like well, I, I use a lot of different tools, you know. Right. <laughs> and as creatives, that's that's kind of our thing. So I guess you could probably even say our, your best tool is your brain, and that's the one thing you can't live without. That's true. Because I mean, you can always buy shit. You can always go and buy something else, or make it, or make or it, or improvise it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we've reached a segment of the show where we uh, ask rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire questions to give you all listening, all of you listening, everyone listening, <laughs> all three of you, <laughs> and we do appreciate you. Now, there's we're we're actually doing pretty good this year. I'm, oh. I'm kind of happy. Um, I joke about that a lot, but you know. Anyway, I think it's neat. We're just a couple couple guys just it talking, is. and it is. I wish sometimes I could hear people say, oh, "Man, you're full shit." I know, and, and I know I they am. do. Yeah. yeah, we had a we had a bad review once. <laughs> Good. All right. What was the most memorable drink you had on the show? Oh, that's easy. That was the White Russian because it really? cha it changed my life. It changed your life. That's good. Uh, that's the most. That's the drink <laughs> I've had the most this year because uh, you know I made them at home. I made them out of caramel stuff. I made them with Bailey's instead of uh, Kahlua. I've had a lot of fun with them. I'm, I'm, uh, that's the it must be aliens episode because uh, we had we had. Uh, my alien white vodka. Russians and Moscow mules on that when yeah. you brought the the vodka yeah yeah, yeah. and I and I'm telling you I make a 
I make white Russians with um, with the caramel Smirnoff, and I make them with the uh, alien vodka, the uh, space vodka is what's called. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, that, that space vodka <laughs> it's, it, it's delicious. It's great, <laughs> and it it knocks you on your ass a little mm-hmm. bit if you're not careful with it. Mm-hmm. I really like it, and they don't pay us, but they should. Yeah. Yeah, they were real kind on uh, social media with us. Yeah, it was honestly. awesome. 2020 has been a difficult year for many. Rather than focusing on the negatives, what is the most positive outcome of 2020 for you? Wow, the most positive. Hmm. Basically, I'm still here. I yeah. mean, really, that's I'm still here, and and all my loved ones are still here. Yep. And uh, even though I haven't been able to perform or or – I haven't been able to uh, create as much as I like. I've still have been able to to create, and I'm still, like I said, I'm still here, and I think that's overall that's really has been the best thing. So I've seen a lot of people that that as bad as it's gotten to me, it's affected a lot of people way worse than uh, it has me, and I'm conscious of that. So Yeah, me too, and, and jobs. We still have money yeah. coming in. So uh, I would Worse have to... Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not good down there. I I, I want to go back and I I don't most memorable dr- memorable drink for me because uh, they're very hard for me to remember because I drink a lot. Uh, of yeah, because you drink well, you drink a lot. Uh, so I, just, I don't I don't know. I mean Guinness Guinness is the like I say the the mac and cheese for me, so I really enjoy it. I martinis was really good. The too. martini episode was good. Was that this year or last year? That was this year. I'm pretty was sure. It? Uh, I'm going to have to go back with the Must Be Aliens episode too because that was fun because yeah. we, we mixed a lot. We had some fun with it. We experimented a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. Uh, and for me, the the for 2020, I think the the one thing that I really got out of this, I, I learned how to stream. I learned how to get stuff out there. I learned how to keep doing the show, having people in the I mean, we, shoot, we did it a couple episodes there with you mm-hmm. at home in your basement on your, your Android phone and your iPhone. Yeah. Um, and just getting through the the techie shit so that we could still do our art, you know. You know I, I do consider this recording art uh, uh, an art form, and we're discussing art. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, finally, number three, if Grogu, if Grogu trains with Luke and becomes a Jedi, does that mean the final trilogy is all a lie? Will there be more? Why didn't we see Grogu in The Force Awakens? Why are writers making the plot so thick? And could this mean the return of Solo? Well, there's a lot of... That's a lot to digest. It there. is a lot to digest. But it's easy to say why we didn't see him in the last trilogy because he wasn't in it. That, I mean, it was focusing <laughs> It was focusing on Ray. He wasn't there. It was focusing on Ray and, <laughs> and Luke to a lesser degree. So... So why would why would he be in it? There's well, there's, there's some fan theories out there that, you know, some of the rocks on uh, Achoo... Is that right? Is that the right... Is that the is that the planet he was on the island? God, I'm so stupid. Achoo. Yeah. Octu. Octune, baby. That means caution. <laughs> caution. Octune. That's attention. Octune. <laughs> oh, it's caution, ain't it? I've been drinking. Is it attention? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's attention. I remember uh, you yeah, two had I, that. I, know. I thought it was uh, caution. But I, I think the link the planet's Octu, the island where Luke was at. Oh, and uh, it's. Yeah, there's there's some. They uh, think he was there. Grogu was there. There was a little thing that looked like somebody had died, and there was a little marker. And some are speculating that uh, Kylo might have killed Grogu, and he took his little lifeless body with him when he left. 
and buried him on that island instead of where the Jedi Academy was. That well, Luke was, in. That Luke, was Luke was supposedly training, uh, right? Then, but not on that island, right? But see, I, I think so. The why whole, would he take his little body? Here's the thing. Here's what I'm getting I at. I think I think the whole last trilogy is nothing but a force projection. I think it's not real. No, that'd be. They just do away with it, but yeah, because I don't like what they did with Luke. I don't. I don't think the whole thing was. It was, but my childhood memories of Luke were just kind of shit on, you know, because of this. I know we always end up talking about Star Wars. They did more. They did more cool stuff with Luke (laughs) in the in in one of the last things that happened. Yeah, you know, we'll leave it at that. No, if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, you know, get on it. Yeah, I I think that whole spoiler alert for Mando. Yeah, don't yeah turn it off now if you haven't heard it all, but. that ending scene was fantastic. Yeah, that was cool. Even the Force Crush was good. Oh, yeah. He's not supposed to use that as a as a Jedi. Yeah, well, he but was, he, he was to. mad. <laughs> he didn't use lightning though. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. But they're saying one of the fan theories is that um, that Mace Windu is the one that saved Grogu from Order sixty six. I think R two did. You know why? When Grogu lit up. Yeah, when R two came around, I think that's what I, I think I did it. I really do. But see, I I think I think this is all a joke. I think this is something's going to happen. They're not going to. Kathleen Kennedy gets fired, and <laughs> they redo it all. Uh, Ray supposedly uh, Daisy Ridley supposedly resigned from any future work. But I don't think they wonder for anything else. Uh, it was done. I don't, I don't, I don't think. know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's true or not either. So I mean, it's like it's crazy. I, I think this opens up the door for some canon that that was. Well, I shouldn't say canon. There's some things that were written about Luke's family that actually, instead of being Ray, who is a Palpatine, legitimately a Palpatine, who became a Skywalker under just adoption, there's some theories that Luke and uh, uh, I know somebody listening is like spitting in there like throwing their fucking drink all over the room right now it's like why can't he get it right anyway um the thing hurts i know they had a child and you know but see luke luke had mentioned some things in in the force awakens and some things that make you think that something's not quite right and he sat on the rock right just like grogu did and he projected himself on that plane where he was fighting that was not him fighting there Right, that sucks. So that would have been cooler if it was. Right, but that just shows you that the the power of the force they can do that in these movies. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they can do whatever they want. They they made a lot of the novels non-canon, so yeah. they could decide to make those movies non. But I think there's enough. There is if they do what they're talking about, and they get that dude that that played uh, that played uh, Nomad, the Winter Soldier, whatever play play Luke, and. Uh, and they can do yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. in between those movies and have a lot of cool content. I'm yeah. down with that. Yeah, I, if if John Favreau is a, a killer, killer producer director for me. Oh yeah. Um, well, you saw that with Iron Man. You know, as a as a comic book fan, when he did Iron Man, that's really when that's really when comic books. Oh yeah. Really came to life because yeah. you had somebody that actually cared about the source material, and that made you know there was a couple Spider Man that was good before that, but. It was never great, and they always tried to do something that was stupid yeah. to, for whatever reason. But when Favreau 
he showed how a comic book movie could be made Absolutely. and how you could use source material. Because you got years and years. I've never understood yeah. that. Years, years, a hundred years yeah. of stories and source yeah. material. Yeah. Why do you got to go and rewrite it now? Right. You don't need to. You right. can update a few things for modern time, but you don't need to rewrite it. I feel like The Mandalorian saved Star Wars. Oh, without a doubt. You know, for me, I mean, it did. It really did. This Obi Wan show, I I have high hopes for. I don't yeah. really care about the Rangers show. I don't really care about the Mando girls, but right. Um, this Boba Fett's uh, season's going to be good, and, and yeah. uh, there's you know there's another one that I was yeah, excited about. There's a couple others, yeah. There's uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, yeah. There's a bunch of them in there, but uh, God, there was something else on my brain here. I was thinking okay. while you were talking, and it's just like completely gone. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I know the wife's talking loud. <laughs> That's like, hear on there. I'm going to have to use my tools to get it get it down. I'm, you know, I'm you actually... Your, whoa, whoa, you're going to have to use, <laughs> Hold on a second. And there it was. <laughs> the Freudian slip. She's talking loud. I'm going to have to use my tool <laughs> to quiet her down, quiet the old wife down. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm slipping. I don't know. We had to talk about Star Wars and my brain just went into 13-year-old. But I think it's, it's yeah. pretty cool that us as... 40-something-year-old guys. that Oh, that's what made me think of right there. 40-something-year-old guys. A, a movie for you, because oh, yeah. we always oh, yeah. trade these ideas. I got another one for you, too. Uh, chef. It's a John Favreau movie. He plays a, a chef. I don't think I've ever very, seen it. Very, very em Emerald Lagasse-type chef. Yeah. But he, he goes and gets a food truck, and I, I think it's it's a feel-good movie. It's a really I'll good movie. I, th I think it's uh, something, if, if you're a creative... Uh, listening and, and you're like oh, I want to see a movie that one is a good one that's right. kind of like going back to your roots and saying you know yeah I can be this chef but when things don't really work out for me let's get down to brass tacks and say okay let's make good food that people love right. and it, it's just a it's a feel good movie I really enjoyed I'll it I'll check it out so you got a movie for me then I watched one. Uh, it came out a couple years ago, I think. It's it's on Netflix right now. It's called uh, Ghost of War. Ghost of War. And, I don't think I've seen that yet. And it, I can't really tell you anything about it, and you should not research this. You should just watch it. But it's uh, these World War II guys are guarding a, a chateau, and mm. something just didn't quite what it seems in there. I Could will. it be haunted, perhaps? <laughs> I will take a look at that. Yeah, I didn't really see it coming. <laughs> All right, we we really jumped around on this. This, like I say, it was a laid back happy episode. New year, man. It, yeah, happy New Year to you. And uh, we got through the the year. We're going to get to start twenty twenty all over yeah, again. Yeah, starting a good oh. good good place. <laughs> We're in the morning twenties as it is. All right, all right. That's the end of the show. Uh, I'll add. Yeah, I'll add some links for everybody who's listening. Share this episode, subscribe, subscribe if you are not already, and I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm thankful all of you listening shared your time with us. I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey, and I hope you choose to become a regular. Thank you, Paul, for being here today. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And have a pleasant tomorrow. Yeah. Cheers, all. Be safe. Let's head into 2020 like we mean it. Steal it like a bunch of Vikings. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse thirsty. See you, Paul. <laughs>